we are off. Eric Chamtoli, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. So you two have started a fascinating project that's really helping lift the voices of marginalized communities around the states. So before we jump into the weeds, can you give a, a brief overview of what this project is? Sure, I'll start um, first talking just about um, Lot the Margin, the organization that um, is sort of hosting this specific project called the Community-Based Newsroom. Um, so Lot the Margins um, was intentionally set up as uh, an, really a platform to lift up marginalized voices impacted by law and policies and trying to get the perspective of those communities really up to the foreground. Um, oftentimes, you have experts talk about issues, but we don't hear from those who are actually living the experience. Um, and so um, we've been reporting and uh, hosting different events uh, on this intersection of like law and social justice. And then 20, 2018, um, uh, I met, uh, well, met actually via phone through an article that Eric was writing on one of our board members. And we began talking and we saw that we had all of these um, similarities and also frustrations in our respective fields. Um, I'm a tr lawyer um, and he's a journalist. And we began to talk and that was the birth of the community-based newsroom. And so I'll let Eric kind of take it up from there. Yeah, so um, it's been a great collaboration with Sham Tolley um, from the beginning. Um, and it's been very slow and steady growth. Um, but we, you know, see that in this world, there's a lot of communities that are marginalized who have important stories to tell. And those stories aren't necessarily being told uh, by traditional media. So that's what we want to do with community-based newsroom. And we've been able to successfully do that um, with some stories and individuals um, really lifting up issues um, that are important. Um, you know, we started with criminal justice focus. We've done stories on immigration. Um, and our most recent one has been on homelessness. Uh, we did a, a project to, you know, we, you know, we know homelessness is a problem in the United States. It's reaching a crisis level. You know, there's over 500,000 people who live without homes. And so we wanted to examine that issue um, look at it through a solutions lens and and also you know work with the homeless community to help tell the story the stories that are impacting them and so this doesn't happen a lot you know when homeless the issue of homelessness gets covered it's covered um, most often by a reporter a journalist will go into the homeless community and, and talk to people and then write a story about it we wanted to do it a little different and really work this is what our model is all about it's working with the community, people who are impacted, to tell the stories with them, not report on them, but report with them. And, and so we partnered with four street media newspapers to tell the story. Um, we got, um, the partners were based in Berkeley, Street Spirit, um, Chicago Streetwise, uh, Nashville, the contributor, and Washington, D.C. Street Sense. And they have an existing. Um, they publish a, you know, a newspaper, either monthly or a magazine, um, some type of publication. They've been working 
with the homeless community for, for a long time, years, decades in some cases. And so they had established relationships with people on the ground in homeless communities. Um, so we um, were able and fortunate to partner with them. And from the beginning of this project, um, which was called a right to a home, we, we, we set out to, to tell the stories that are impacting homeless communities. So we identified um, eight issues. We wanted to do two stories per partner, partner paper, and work with um, a collaboration uh, through um, professional journalists and, and homeless, unhoused people who have experienced living without homes um, reporting on this. And so we created eight stories. Um, they've been, you know, they were, they were very well produced. Um, they were long, long form, you know, ranging from about a thousand words up to, you know, 3,500 um, and more. And, and so they were um, deeply reported issues impacting homeless community and in, in these different communities across the country. And it was a great project um, that still we're working on now to produce some events around it. But it was kind of a jumping off point to think about homelessness in a new way um, and start a, a dialogue and discussion um, for people to help come up with solutions because homelessness is not a new problem. It's been around for a long time, but it's, it hasn't been solved yet. And just going through this process, you know, I think there are solutions that could be implemented that, that could really help. Um, but it's a matter of listening to the community, the people who are impacted by this. Um, and often they, they are not part of the solution um, discussions. And so we want to change that. And with this project, we hope that we can, you know, first raise awareness, but then, you know, come up with solutions by getting people who are impacted to be part of the discussion with the people, the policymakers, the change makers, the people who are, um, you know, providing money to programs, you know, start listening to the people who are truly impacted because they're often, you know, forgotten people, but they are human beings. They have voices, they have brains, they're intelligent, you know, as they prove with this project, you know, if given the opportunity, they can produce great work, you know, that, that can really make an impact that can lead to change. And that's the whole idea behind this project. That's the whole idea behind community-based newsroom. It's really to, impact change to affect social change you know where there's a problem how can we help come up with a solution it's, it's beautiful work and i love the the grassroots approach to it i'm curious what uh what are some of the unexpected results that you've come across along the way i mean you're working with these populations that um, a lot of folks don't have access to or there's a lot of uh faux engagement trying to go on to extract solutions to provide services. But if you're working directly with these marginalized populations, what are you finding? Uh, well, just, you know, raising awareness, it's, it's just, you know, they're very, in the beginning, you know, micro successes, just if we can, you know, get people to, to start thinking about these issues in a, in a new way, maybe they had preconceived notions or, um, you know, just based on, what they've read or heard or seen, you know, and this can, you know, when you're hearing from the actual source, whether it's a person who's homeless, whether it's a person who, who's in prison, you know, if you can really, really like information, but it's primary source information and it, 
it comes through in a, in a new way, in a you know very powerful way. And, and so that's the first thing is just getting that information out there so people can become aware of, of the reality of situations because maybe the media, you know, that they have been consuming or seeing isn't doing an effective job of transmitting that and conveying that. So that's, that's number one is just getting the information out there. And then, you know, one example is just a person we've been working with. Um, her name is Chandra Delaney and she has become a contributor for community based just kind of through the network of, of um, when we started community based newsroom we started doing some stories about um, the injustices of prison and through that work we kind of were put in contact with her and and so she had a son who was in prison in in Pennsylvania and he was um, incarcerated for 20 years and half of that time he was um, in solitary confinement and so there were a lot of injustices that he had to deal with and they um, People, he wasn't the only one. Um, and so they, inside the prisoners, you know, they um, started advocating, advocating for change um, and fighting the system, you know, through the legal system and, and going about it that way. And then they were punished for that. And so she helped raise awareness of that issue. Um, she, you know, describes or she self-described kind of accidental advocate and, and activist. She was very, you know, um, shy and timid, she says, and now, you know, she became very vocal because she became the advocate for the people who are inside the walls, who don't have a voice, who, whose voice can't be heard. So outside, she was, you know, kind of um, became their voice and, and started advocating for them on the outside. And she brought other people together, other families together who were impacted. And so through that work, you know, she started, she's been writing for us on a, on a regular basis about other issues. And, and we have been help guiding her. You know, she has a very, um, strong voice and she is a great writer too. She just needed some guidance. Um, and so we have provide that with community-based newsroom through, you know, our experience and, you know, my experience as a journalist and, and Chantoli's experience as, as, a, as a lawyer. Um, the two of us, you know, we work with her and to help um, come up with stories and she writes and we edit them and, and that gets information out there. And so she, you know, we've noticed just a real change in her um, and just in terms of being more confident about writing and and you know sharing her voice and her information because it's it's great information and you know she has a really powerful story to tell now she's thinking about writing a book and and getting that information out there that way and so then you know from that you know then it's changing the policy and and working to you know really make human you know um, practical changes that can impact people on a day-to-day -day level and and so that's what this work is all about is not just telling the stories, but how can we use these stories to create change? And so it's been really amazing to, to be a part of this. It sounds really transformative, both for the readership folks who are, you know, so often we see these problems in aggregate, like homelessness, which is really an individual's challenge and journey towards, you know, finding a home. Um, but you're helping shift the narrative to the masses, but also helping individuals share their story, which is empowering, clarifying. And I imagine along the way, there's also skill building that's taking place. Yeah. So just the other thing, I just wanted to step back because I think sometimes, I mean, it's important also, because your focus is on social entrepreneurship, to think about um, there's an intentionality um, in this project. So, Community-based newsroom sort of 
comes out of law at the margins intentionality around being grassroots organizing. You talked about that piece of it. And so we have actually some core principle, and I think that's really critical. So when we began to sort of develop the project, um, this network that we were drawing from was basically over 1,500 subscribers, all of whom are throughout the country and outside of the United States who are committed to social change work. So when we began to sort of think about this, you know, newsroom journalism aspect of it, we were tapping into an existing network um, of folks who were already committed, committed in many ways to this sort of broader systemic work. Um, the other is just prioritizing certain voices, like um, in the kinds of stories we want to tell, um, it was important for us to be clear of who we wanted to kind of put forward. And that also impacted who we're seeking out. Um, we found it was easier to get people who wanted to write about something, but not necessarily share their own lived experience. But even if they share the lived experience, people would tokenize it. You know, you talked about this extractive aspect of journalism. It's like, you know, here, tell your story. And then they will bring the expert, you know, either the lawyer or the pundit and say, and then we'll figure out the solution. And I think what came from that is that also to be able to describe important, you know, in these projects to step back and think about the institution building that's important. Um, and, and we've been very intentional sort of from the beginning of orienting everything that we do. So for example, um, Eric and I are volunteers. Um, so any money that we raise, we don't want to keep it that way, <laughs> by the way. Um, but any money we raise goes directly to the writers. And that's, you know, that was a hard choice, right? You know, and um, both of us have full-time jobs. Both of us, as you saw, you know, um, we have kids and we have families, but when it came down to a certain pot of money and resources, we wanted to put our money where our principles were at. And I think that reflects kind of, you know, I think that people respond to that, you know, um, the integrity of that kind of uh, principle-driven social entrepreneurship project, um, people respond to that. You know, we're at a, a stage where we want to grow that. We don't want to stay in the stage of, of volunteering. We want to expand. Um, but we've been very intentional. Um, and then specifically, Eric and I, like a lot of the decisions about who we, we would approach, who do we want to center, um, those are also hashed out. It's not just simply just the programmatic. And I think it's really... I feel like sometimes we lose sight of the invisible work that goes behind building something and the enormous amount of time it takes to build it. We see the product, right? Um, and I just want to make that in the front forefront of our conversation. Thank you for bringing that out there. So, so what, what do you see as the sustainable model for this, this initiative that's empowering, educating, providing some employment, and also helping shift the narrative? Is it to get more readership, to get more subscribers? That's part of it. I think also, I mean, that, of course, you want more, more audience, you know, more engagement, but also, you know, you need uh, the finances, you know, the funding to, is, is what supports this, you know, and so 
we've been thinking about how to grow this, you know, um, but that's the next step is, is really because I think we've proven that this kind of work is viable. It can be done. You can produce this kind of journalism and tell these stories with marginalized communities. It takes time and effort. And so it also, you know, that time and effort is valuable and it needs to be, um, you know, people need to be compensated for that and to, to do, to continue to do that kind of work. And so that's the next step for us is figuring out how to, how to do that. Um, but I think also, you know, what the next step is, is really showing how we can create change. You know, we produce the journalism and the stories and the next step really a goal is to, to really turn this information into power, you know, literal power, right. By creating social change, you know, by, if, if we can, you know, create a policy around homelessness that can improve the lives of people who are homeless, that will be really impactful. And, and that's really what the goal of this project is, not just to produce good journalism, but to, to, to help, you know, people to solve homelessness, you know, to end homelessness. That is the ultimate goal is, is to create justice where there is injustice right now. And, and so that's how we're looking at this model and it's working with these communities of people who are facing injustice to help create justice. And it's hard work. You know, it takes time. There's been hundreds of years of injustice. So, you know, to create justice isn't going to come overnight. It's going to take time. But we believe that, you know, creating a new model for media, because that's what we want to do here with this newsroom. We're taking, you know, aspects of traditional journalism, you know, all the the same principles of, of high quality journalism all the same ethics you know everything that it takes to create that type of journalism we have that but it's working with people who have been kind of shut out of the newsroom you know they might be a story that's told by people in the newsroom but they are not really a part of the newsroom we want to change that and make them a part of the newsroom so that they are you know the reporters they are the writers they are the journalists and so you know, going to the communities and creating relationships with people who are in the communities, the impact marginalized communities, that's, that's what we want to do. And there are hundreds and thousands of those people, and we want to work with them to help, you know, create this model that then can be replicated in any community. We want to give them the skills to, to create a newsroom and to do journalism so that they can take it back to their community and then educate their community members and teach them how to do this so that People can see if you want to do this, you can do this. It's not, um, you know, it's not impossible to do. It just, it requires training, you know, some education, some guidance, and that's what we provide, um, you know, and ongoing. It's, you know, we create the relationships. You know, we have established some relationships with this homeless project, for example, and we want to continue building on those relationships and help, you know, grow them. And, and it's, it's, you know, intentional work. It's, as Sean totally said, it, it's, time consuming, you know, it takes time and patience, but it's worth it. You know, it's the reward because I, I believe that, you know, if you can, you know, there's strength in numbers and if we can help, you know, tell better stories or about these issues that are undercovered and under, you know, reported, then I think that's the first step to, to social change. And so, we're, we're really uh, excited about this opportunity and, you know, that we've been doing, but we want to keep growing it, as Shem totally said. And so that's where I'd like to, to go next to figure out 
how we might grow it. Cause I, I came across uh, the right to a home series and it opened a window of possibility in my mind. Um, in my community, we struggle with a lot of issues around immigration. We just had some ice raids this week. And then we've got an ongoing burgeoning homeless problem that's become very visible in the last 18 months or so. And um, the solutions that are being for forwarded are, are by policymakers at the organization agency level, folks with good hearts. But it's not, it's not changing the game. It's not helping to really elevate the stories or the voices of the folks that we're trying to impact. So how can a community like mine in Northern California, Sonoma County, go about implementing some sort of analog or a, uh, a franchise version of what you are all doing? Well, let me, I just want to separate like two conversations. One is sort of the programmatic and one is the sort of building of scalability of this model. So I think your question goes to the programmatic. Um, but on the scalability, I mean, I think it, um, I just want to sort of mention that, um, so we have a membership-based model, which is, so we're, whatever resources limited that we get is by cultivating a group of members because we, you know, recognize that um, if people don't support it, then, you know, if people support it, then we can build it. And so that's been our primary driver. Um, and, and that means audience, I guess, in journalism world, as I'm, as a lawyer organizer, it means members. Um, and we also want to align with other vendors or businesses who um, support this work and want to sponsor it. So that's kind of this financial, you know, aspect. And, and um, Eric also talked about you know, just training larger outlets to do this model, right? And so we would be the trainer. So, you know, um, we don't, we're not claiming any intellectual, you know, it, it is our project, but we want others to do that. And that's kind of providing the capacity building. But in terms of like how other organizations, you know, can work on specific issues, you know, before Right to the Home, we worked on We the Immigrants, which was our first kind of um, piloted series. Um, so I first I would say is um, we would love to work with groups who want to do this. Um, and so what we, how we started Right to the Home is um, we started with, um, Eric had contact with one of the street newspapers and we said, hey, would you be interested in this collaboration? And then we went to the funders and we said, let's work together on a project. And so I think that if there are individuals who are interested in this kind of work, that's where we see ourselves, you know, as a catalyst, as a facilitator. So we would work with that community, get the sort of funding support, um, and to kind of um, think about cultivating new writers, right? Um, and so, because there is a certain um, principles by which we're, uh, have been doing this project. So you want to, you know, train the, new, the, the folks around that. And then hopefully they can either, you know, continue to do that reporting. We will always remain kind of a place that would um, publish the work of, you know, the reporters. But we've also worked with distributors. We try to get, we've tried to get each of our series um, published in other outlets. Because, you know, the more we, audience we can get, um, and we're not under any, you know, um, illusion, I don't want to say delusion, but illusion that, you know, 
a, a small but effective and powerful outfit like ours are going to get the kind of audience level that mainstream media or other outlets are going to get. So I think if we can make strategic interventions into these large, larger outlets and say, hey, look, we can do it, as Eric said. Like, we're the demonstration model. Like, you said you can't do this community-based um, you know, uh, model. We've shown we can do it. Now you do it and we'll t tell you how to do it and scale it up. And so we, we sort of, you know, want to go in that direction rather than trying to, um, you know, almost like a niche boutique model rather than trying to like, you know, hustle for trying to make ourselves big, rather keep the agility and nimbleness, uh, I think, of our work, but be able to support it so that we can make really effective and strategic choices to expand it. So it's, I think it's a different way of approaching just building out an organization, right? The idea is like, oh, we have to keep something big, get a big office. Um, both Eric and I, you know, we've, we've, we work out of, as you can see, you know, we work out of our home and we're using, you know, very bare bones sort of organizational structure, but I think it works really well um, to, to do that. And if you had your druthers, who would be your dream distribution partner? I'll let Eric. I mean, really anyone who, who is interested in, you know, social justice, you know, and interested in helping lift up marginalized communities. We're, open, we're very open-minded about, you know, partners. But if somebody, you know, it's very simple mission. You know, if you care about you know, changing injustice, then we're all for partnership collaboration. And, and that's really what this model is all about. It's about collaborating. Um, it's, you know, sharing this knowledge that we have with others and transmitting it to others and helping educate others so that they can continue that education. You know, we um, kind of, you know, plant, can plant a seed and then let others and, and help, and then we can help cultivate and, and water that seed and help it grow, um, you know, in this, into, you know, information, because information can be very powerful. You know, if you, throughout history, you know, we've seen what information can do. And right now we're at a time in the world where there, you know, information is a commodity and there's only a few people who control that information and whoever controls the narrative has the power and we want to shift that narrative and give people who have been powerless for a long time power. And the way you do that is by giving them the tools to, to, to craft the narrative and to share the narrative. And nowadays there are tools that anyone has access to. They are not expensive tools. They're free tools a lot of times or very inexpensive tools. And we can use existing technology to you know, reach people around the world. And, and so that's what we want to do is, is really work with people, you know, to help tell the stories. So if there's a problem in a community, you know, we want to help come up with a solution to that problem. And, you know, using journalism as, as the problem solving, you know, tool to begin with, you know, it's, it's telling the story to then get people aware of what the issue is and then what the solutions can be. And with these, these projects that we did, the homeless one, the homelessness one, and also the immigrant one, we, we got a grant through the Solutions Journalism Network to produce both of those. And so Solutions Journalism Network, it, it, 
they're doing a type of journalism called solutions journalism and it's all about you know really reporting on the solution not just the problem because a lot of journalism talks about what the problem is but it doesn't really address the solution aspect of it and so we really are um cognizant of the solution and really think about the solution when we are um doing this reporting you know that's a big part of it it's really starting at the problem and then moving forward to solutions and so you know we are open for business as they say you know if people want to reach out to us and contact us you know we are happy to um work with anyone who who's really interested in helping lift up the voices of marginalized communities because you know a lot of times people say that you know they are voiceless and that's not accurate you know people have all people have voices people who are in marginalized communities have voices it's just that they're um, voices aren't being heard and so we want to provide a platform that helps those voices get heard and um, And then give them the tools to, to help, you know, tell the story in an effective way so that it can make an impact So for those who are interested in learning more and supporting your work, where can they go to find out more information? Maybe make a donation subscribe become a member yeah, um, so I can, they can uh, reach out to Lot the, Jar the Margins at gmail.com. They can just come to lotthemargins.com, the website. Um, the only thing I just wanted to add um, to what Eric said about um, working with um, individuals and with uh, particular principals, is we're also interested in building relationships. I think one of the key things that we've heard from communities is that um, they don't trust journalists. Um, and so um, I think, you know, the only qualifier I would say of we're open to business, um, but we want a long-term relationship. Uh, we want to build together with who wants to build around this theme of um, lifting up voices of marginalized communities. Um, and the other piece, I think we talked about sort of the journalism part. I think what makes this collaboration between the two of us really, I think, um, for my, myself, when I first talked with um, Eric about almost about two years ago, is a lawyer and a journalist, right? So we tell the story, we create the capacity for people to tell their own stories, create these solutions from them. But we also have the networks to be able to provide concrete legal strategies of how to get it done. I think this powerful combination of narrative solutions and then this punch with the actually we know how to move solutions through the law or the legal system is essentially the the, the mission of lot the margins right um i think makes it a really powerful combination so um so we're we're um, excited to see you know um who else might want to partner with us and kind of join us on this journey um and so again like i said people can um lotthemargins.com they can email a uh, lot the Martins, um, uh, at gmail.com and I think Eric um, I don't want to put out your personal email but if you feel comfortable maybe you want to also give out some contact sure. yeah my email is Eric T Ortiz at gmail.com you know feel free to reach out if, if you're interested in talking about collaboration um, you know this whole model is built on collaboration and we're really open to collaboration and you know thinking about ways to collaborate that maybe you wouldn't traditionally think. So a lawyer and a journalist, you know, working together to create a newsroom, that's not always the traditional path for journalism. And 
I think it's a great lesson though, is that you can do a lot of collaboration. There are a lot of different, you know, people who could work with journalists, you know, um, I think lawyer is one, but I think there's lots of different people who could bring different information um, and different skills and experience to a newsroom. You know, it doesn't have to always just be a journalist, you know, a newsroom filled with journalists, that's not um, really all that diverse. But if you get more diversity in the newsroom in terms of the knowledge that they have, um, the skills that they have, the experience they have, you can, you know, see things in a new perspective. You can see things in a new light and you can start, you know, um, coming up with story angles and story ideas that maybe you hadn't seen before. And so it's a new approach to journalism, which has existed for a long time, but it's just kind of uh, approaching it in a new way. And, and we believe, um, by doing that, you know, we can affect social change. That's the goal. So I'm not sure how many of my listeners are uh, journalists or lawyers. So before I let you guys go, I'd love to hear maybe one or two things you think just the average busy cast strap person can do to help elevate uh, the voices of marginalized folks in their community. Um. So you said cash strap. So definitely can uh, donate. Uh, we take uh, anything, you know, any any uh, denomination of of, uh, uh, of support. So financial support. As Eric said, you know, to do this work, what we've been able to do with so little. Sometimes I'm just myself. Like I don't know, <laughs> but um, so having the support would be tremendous. Um, we also welcome individuals who have a direct experience with some law um, to write. Um, we welcome new uh, contributors and writers if they want to. Uh, you don't need to have a lot of money to do that. You just need to like write a story, write your own story. Um, um, I think you can just share and support the, the, the content that we produce. Um, tell other people about our work. So that there's kind of people, there's a buzz and you know, know about it. Um, I think just connecting us to like networks that maybe we're not connected to. Um, there's, you know, enormous amounts of ways and in kind that, um, you know, folks can support if they sort of believe in sort of narratives for justice and like social change. Like we're, as Eric said, you know, we're, we're open to welcome any for collaboration there. And just to follow up on that, you know, in my experience, I found that sometimes people um, feel like they don't, they're not storytellers or they are not, they are a little reticent or hesitant to share their story or, you know, write their story or write a story or, you know, um, because they don't believe that they have anything valuable to say or share. And I believe that everyone has a story to tell. Um, it starts when you're born, you know, your family history, that's the first story. And everyone has that story that goes back generations upon generations. And that's the first story. Everyone has that capability inside them to tell a story. We just help bring it out of people and we want to give them the confidence and the skills. And it starts just by, you know, encouraging people to, to share their story because they, you know, people who are living in marginalized communities have a lot of knowledge that is, that could, could really um, help make a difference. You know, if that knowledge could get out and that information could get shared and then that could, you know, raise awareness of issues and, and make people see things in a new way. And then 
that can lead to change if we can um you know work with the people who make policies change laws you know that's how it works and we really want to do it from the bottom up with a rare, you know very grassroots focus you know working with people you know um a lot of problem solving you know big big problems comes from top down you know people with good you know that are well intentioned um oftentimes you know but they're just a little misguided sometimes they don't, they are they aren't really um seeing the problem in the right way and then they're coming up with the wrong solution so it's not really helping people and that's what we've learned you know just through this work you know with the homeless issue for example a lot of money going to um you know these shelters that homeless people don't want to go to because they don't feel safe there because they're not you know run effectively that they're not you know um the people who are working there don't have the experience or the training to to really handle that type of and so a lot of this money is just kind of you know um not being used in a responsible way or or productive way or an effective way and so we want to get people bring people together that normally aren't together you know and you can do that virtually you know just by um reading stories but then we want to do it physically to get people in the same room at the same table so that they can look people in the eye and have a conversation you know that's the goal is to get people um who you know who are homeless or unhoused who have experienced lived experience you know people who are making the policies to you know get them together um so that they can really listen and not just listen but but start implementing what they're saying because they have ideas that can work um i believe and and i think a lot of people do believe that but they're just um a matter of listening to them and then really having the courage to implement start implementing those ideas and that's not just for homelessness there's a lot of issues where that type of model can work there's a lot of um and so that's what we want to do you know it doesn't you know money is nice and if you can give that's great but you know it starts just by you know reading the work that we're doing sharing the work that we're doing you know um reaching out to us and 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 letting us know you're interested and we'd be happy to 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 listen and and see how we might be able to collaborate you know um share the work you know uh even just sharing on social media you know it's hard sometimes to share you know stories and narratives that go against the grain you know that takes courage because you know in this day and age people um sometimes don't like to hear the truth and and the reality um of situations um is can can be um empowering though so so i think it's it starts just by you know getting involved you know kind of raising your hand and and saying i want to be a part of this i i don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore and and just watch all these problems happening and feel like i'm powerless because i think if everyone you know participates in some way whatever way they can then we can start moving the needle in the the other way towards justice um as opposed to just continue living, you know, with these injustices. Well, I think you all have a real bright future. The greatest stories that have ever been told and the greatest stories that have ever been sold are all coming from some of the most uh, marginalized communities, folks who face extreme adversity, and it's incredible that you're working with these folks to help get these narratives out in the world. So, thank you for your work. We're going to publish this hopefully some thank folks you. hear it, see possibility and reach out to you all. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Dana. Thank you.